Our scripture reading this morning reflects our new series. If you turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 1, we'll read the first chapter there, starting our new series in Galatians. Galatians is a short book, just six chapters, and so I invite you to read through it during the week and keep up with us as we go through the series. We'll go verse by verse, but it won't take us long to get through um, because we'll cover a collection of verses as the theme repeats often through Galatians. So let's stand in respect of God's reading this morning. If you don't have your own Bible, we have some some church Bibles available. Ushers have those in the back. Just raise your hand. They'll bring one to you that you can use throughout our service this morning. As is our standard, we read from the ESV. And so you can follow along with me best by reading through ESV. Galatians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you receive, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel, For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people, so extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers." But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. And what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown in persons to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, 
He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God because of me. May God give us understanding in this book. We start our introduction to Galatians this morning. If you remain standing with me, we have a moment of prayer. Our choir will come with the song and then the preaching from Galatians this morning. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for allowing us to come together to hear it. We pray that you would bless us and uh, give us understanding, give me clarity in speech and thought so that your word is communicated faithfully. And we pray, Lord, that that communicated word would do, as you said it would do, is be seed in uh, fertile hearts of your people to bring forth fruit. That it might be seed that would break through hearts that you prepare to hear your word and you prepare by saving or causing them to be saved. We pray, Lord, you do that work through your word today. Give us, help us to give attention. Lord, we pray that you would just help us to eliminate things that would be a distraction. And we pray, Lord, that you would shut down anything that would cause distraction to your word today. Now we pray and thank you for those who are here. We thank you for the things that we rejoice in, your healing, your keeping, your empowering. We pray for continued healing. We think of my dad and, and his condition. We think of Joyce and her healing. We think of Jonathan and healing for him. We thank you for those who have come through surgeries. We think of Marge and we think of um, 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 Trinace. And we just thank you for uh, how, you, how we have prayed for them and how you have worked in hearts and lives. And, bodies, Lord, to bring about healing. Pray for those who are soon to go uh, to, to surgeries and tests. We pray for my wife, Donna, that you would watch over and be with her as well. We continue to pray, to pray for our bereavement and the loss, Lord. So much has happened in the past year that still impacts us today, and we are thankful for those who are gone on to be with you, and we pray for comfort and strength for those who remain as loved ones who, who are, are missing um, and, and are lonely because of the, the, uh, the loss of those loved ones. So we pray that you would minister to our hearts as we minister to each other. So thank you, Lord, for your work. Thank you for your word. We uh, enjoyed your work, Lord, with the women's Bible study on Friday. We thank you for that. We thank you for the rescue, Milwaukee Rescue Mission ministry on yesterday, last night, those who were part of that, and those who are here as a result of that. We thank you for that. And we just pray that you would uh, continue to use us in every way for your work, for the message of your word with not only our lips, but with our full lives so that we have a testimony that brings glory to you. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessing to be here, to be back, enjoyed a good time away on vacation, good time sharing with my wife and 
just uh, having a time to relax and, and get away and indeed was refreshing. I want to thank you all for your prayers. Thank many of you for your financial support and gifts that allowed us to do what we did and allowed us to enjoy what we did. So praise God for that. I want to thank Brian uh, for ministering while I was gone and sharing in the Word. And I want to thank you for being faithful during that time and not, not taking time off just because I'm not here. It shows that you don't serve me, you serve, you serve the Lord. And he didn't go anywhere. He's still here. He's still right with us. And uh, you were faithful in that time, and I appreciate that. I want to thank Brian and Heidi both and congratulate them on their anniversary that they just celebrated on uh, Friday. And uh, thank God for, for that, as well as uh, a couple other couples that are about to share anniversaries. Uh, um, Michelle and, and uh, Jeremy already had their anniversary in uh, a couple weeks, oh, a week and a half ago, so thank God for that. And uh, others coming up, how many have anniversaries in October? All right, there's two more, three more, okay, and uh, some coming up in, in the rest of the year too, so praise God for that. Anniversaries are a good thing to celebrate, a good thing to celebrate. God has given you each other and you're still together. Praise God for that. That's grace, isn't it? That's grace. <laughs> we embark on a new series now in Galatians, so if you're here today, it's a good thing you get to start right fresh with it. Um, I don't know that I'll do this in any straightforward way, um, but we'll cover all of the book. <clears throat> Typically on my intros, I, I go into a little background. I'm not going to do that today um, because I, um, I, w I just want to preach God's Word. This is not a seminar, seminary class. It is um, some of that information you can get. And we have a lot of good teachers here as well. So they give in Sunday school and they, uh, in personal studies. We've gone through many of the books, in fact, most of the books of the New Testament and, and several in the Old Testament. I know in my own pulpit ministry, we have gone over the years through just about every book, um, New Testament and Old, just about. Um, there, there's a few here and there that, that we may have missed, but you should take advantage of that. And the purpose of going through series such as these is so that you get that overall view. One of the things that we're doing very well in Sunday school is giving you that Old Testament uh, overview so you can see the, the whole picture or see the history of the Old Testament. Well, our um, book series and, and preaching through the word this way is something we've, we've always done. Uh, I think my first series in 1994 was a series through John. I'm probably going back through that again uh, uh, soon, maybe after this. I've tried to do some of the Old Testament, some of the New Testament and do it that way. Um, so you can get an, an overall view of how God's Word uh, is, is brought out in this book and how it correlates with uh, the other things of God's Word and get that broad picture, not just pick out verses here and there, but understand more uh, of how it all fits together. So um, that's our purpose. I'll keep looking at the clock because I want to make sure the hand is moving. Uh, yeah, you know, we had some problems with our clock. So, you know, if I preach to 2 o'clock, it ain't my fault. It's, I just thought the clock was working. So, um, 
trust I'm just getting back, so I'm a little rusty, so uh, y'all have to bear with me today. All right, in Galatians, let's look at the first couple of verses here in Galatians, and let's get a feel. I think you know kind of what the theme of Galatians is about. It's about the, 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 the centrality of the gospel, how important the gospel is, and, and what that gospel states that that salvation is in Christ alone, by faith alone, in Christ alone. It is not by works, whether those works are in obedience or adherence to the Old Testament law or any other portions of the Old Testament or any other moral code. It is faith in Christ Jesus and what he's done. And how important is that? And I want you to see how relevant that is to our day. It never gets old-fashioned. Why? Because there's always an attack on the gospel. And so we do well to preach the gospel, to review the gospel. You'll say, well, I've heard this since I've been a kid in Sunday school. Amen. Good. You keep on hearing it and you keep on proclaiming it until you get to be in heaven. And because it is that important, it is that which brings the sinner to God the Father in right relationship, and that is trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. His death, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his life now as he sits on the right hand of the throne of God, and he is pleading and making intercession for us. He's waiting for the time that he's going to return back to complete the salvation that he started in us. So all of that is the gospel, and none of it is to be diluted or changed in any way. And Paul was he was disturbed that the gospel that he had preached to, to those in Galatia uh, was being distorted and turned into another gospel. So let's just read a few verses. Paul, an apostle. Now, that's not unusual for him to start off by stating his case of who he is and what authority he has, but it's, it's special in this book for a reason. So let's read through and see how we pick that out. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father. He starts off with establishing what God has done and the authority that God has placed on him him. Now, he's not in some power binge or, or trying to, trying to uh, poke out his own chest, puff out his chest. He is, is clarifying something for a very important reason. Paul is going to deal with the gospel in this book, and he's, he needs to deal with the fact that the opponents of the gospel are trying to strip him of his God-given authority so that they can attack the gospel. And Paul's not going to play that game with them. So he says, basically, he said this in other passages, I am who I am. <laughs> I am who God made me to be. I'm not trying to be anything more than that and anything less than that. I refuse to allow anyone else to put me less or more than that. He says, Paul, an apostle. What is an apostle? Apostle was one who was chosen 
specifically by the Lord Jesus Christ to continue on his work and his ministry. You know that he spent time with 12 men. One of those 12 was a, was a, a deceiver. Jesus said he, he was the devil. Uh, he was a devil. He was, was one. Um, Jesus chose him but not in the sense of he was true and he was right. And so he was replaced and Paul was put in, in essence, put in his place. Paul had a difficult task because he didn't walk with Christ as the other 11 men had done, but yet God had called him and chosen him, not just called him to be saved, but called him into the special class of being an apostle, one who was an eyewitness of Christ and chosen to carry on God's work and begin given the authority to build the foundation or lay upon the foundation that Christ had built to build his church. Those people walking around today saying they're apostles, that just simply is not true. If you like to use names and titles, you don't find another name or a title, but that one belongs to a specific class of individuals, and Paul was in that class. He says, I didn't appoint myself, not from men, nor through man. That's an important distinction. Because, let me, let me skip to verse 6. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you. I want to look at that phrase. There are some who trouble you. There were, there were attacks, people attacking the gospel. He says, there were some who trouble you and want to what? Distort the gospel of Christ. Paul, first of all, preached the gospel of Christ, the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ, who he is, what he has accomplished, and what trusting in him means. The gospel of Christ. He says there's some who trouble you and want to distort that gospel. Paul had gone through his first missionary journey and he had preached in this area and many people had turned to Christ as a result of that. You can read through Acts and you can see that, that, that he ministered and not only preaching the gospel, but he was attacked, physically attacked. He was stoned and left from dead for dead while he was carrying God's word out in this area. And he was stoned because people didn't like where he came from. You know the story of, 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 of Paul's transformation and how God worked in his heart and worked in his life. You can read it in Acts chapter 9 and 10 and on. You, in Acts chapter 9, you can see that Paul, in fact, he tells us here, skip down to verse uh, 13. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently. He wasn't just, you know, putting attack ads on, on, on the Internet about what Christianity was. This guy was, was holding not just rallies, but he, when he said he persecuted violently, means that if you look at Acts chapter 8, you can see how he stood by Stephen and, and, and they stoned Stephen to death. And Paul, was Saul, his name was Saul then, was one of the witnesses there, one of the leaders to carry the mob to kill Stephen. So when he talked about violently attacking the church, he was hauling people off to jail and he was killing people. 
because he thought that this Christianity was a phony thing, and he thought that it, it misrepresented what God wanted in Judaism in that day. Judaism was the distorted thing of carrying out the Old Testament and, 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 and worshiping as the Jews thought God had had them to do. But Jesus corrected. You notice when Jesus walked on the earth and he ministered to people, one of the harshest statements he would ever have would be to the scribes and the Pharisees. They were the ones, the leaders of Judaism. G Judaism had gone away from the word of God and had gone into the, tra the traditions of men and upholding that. And it was so wicked and so evil. You can see in, in John, is it John chapter uh, 8, I believe it is, is when they brought the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And they didn't bring the man. He was caught. They were caught in the act, but only brought the woman. And they condemned her and tried to get Jesus into a, 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 a tight situation to, to judge between the, the two of what they had done. This is the impact and the result of man's philosophy running a, a, a system and going away from what God had intended. And, and Jesus condemned this in every way, everywhere he went. In fact, he condemned it so strongly they hated him and eventually put him to death because of his opposition to their religion, which was opposed to God. Paul followed in that same light. He opposed Christianity. He opposed Christ. And he was going every place he could to tear it down and destroy it, even if it meant not only putting people in jail, but killing people. So he says back in Galatians chapter 1, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. This is, this is where he was, but look at the transformation. Verse 15, but when he who has set me apart before I was born and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me. I want you to notice the wording and the tense of what's going on. Paul expresses something that happened to him, not necessarily something he did. Did you notice that? He didn't like, well, one day I saw the light and I got up and I decided that I was going to believe in God. You notice the emphasis on I, right? I put it in there for a reason so you wouldn't miss it. But notice his statement. He says, but when he who has set me apart, he's being acted upon. God set him apart before I was born. So this happened when he had no role in it at all before I was born. Then he says this, and who called me. He said, God is doing the acting. He's doing the calling. I'm just responding. I'm just responding. I'm just going along with what he commanded. You see the tense there? You see who's doing the acting there? You see how salvation occurs in the life of an individual. Paul is just an example. Who called me by his grace. 
He says, God did this thing and I had no merit in it. I had, there, there was no good thing in me that he saw that he brought about. It's because of him. And then he says, he called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son. He doesn't say, I woke up one morning and I decided to turn over another leaf. I decided to look at things differently. He said, no, no, no. God revealed. Revealed has the idea of a gift being opened, the wrappers being taken off of it. That's one picture. Another one is the shades and the blinds and the drapes are moved open for the sun to shine in. Another idea is sight is given to one who has no sight. Where he was once blind, even with his eyes open, he couldn't see. Now he has vision. God has revealed, allow me to see. That's what he says. So when this happened, <laughs> he, will, he says, who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal. In other words, God decided, and God chose, and God made up his mind at this time he was going to do this. God was pleased to reveal his son to me. And when God does this, he always has a purpose with it. What is it? In order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. God transformed Paul, opened his eyes, allowing him to see, causing him to believe, so that he might take that gospel out to the Gentiles. Notice how good God is. God says, look, it's my purpose to save people. Not just Jews, but Gentiles as well. And I'm going to take this Jewish man, Saul, I'm going to transform his life and turn him into Paul, and I'm going to transform him for the gospel's sake so he can take the gospel to other Gentiles and that they can know Christ and be saved. So this is what's happening. Now, what Paul begins to say is, is what happened when God did this, and that's the other part of verse, starting at verse, um, the middle of verse 16. I did not immediately consult with anyone. Now go back to verse 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through men. He's not putting down the present apostles. You know, Paul in this, in this chapter makes a defense of his apostleship. And sometimes, you know, we struggle with that. You say, well, Paul, well, why do you got to spend like two chapters talking about you and defending your apostleship. Why is that so important? Why don't you just be a nobody and just, 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 just let things be? He's not doing for the sake of his ego. He's not doing to strengthen himself. What was happening there is these ones who, who were troubling the, the believers at Galatia, they were, they were acting as if they represented the authority of the church, which were the apostles. They were acting as if they had uh, authority from the apostles that were at Jerusalem to preach this new gospel 
And by the way, what did the new gospel say? The new gospel said that it's not enough for you to trust in Christ. You've got to be a good Jew and then trust in Christ. You've got to be be circumcised. You've got to obey certain laws and codes from the old law. And then, yeah, you can trust in Christ. We don't have a problem with trusting in Christ. You go and do that, then you're cool. And it's the, it's the, your adherence to the law is what's going to make you a better person. It's, 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 going to, it's going to mature you as you trust in Christ. Paul took issue with that. He says, that's not right. Not only is not right, it's a total distortion of what the gospel says. And he goes on to lay out in this book what the gospel is and simply stated is this. That is, it is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that justifies a person. The word justifies is one of those theological terms which means it puts us in right relationship and fellowship with God. We are declared righteous, not by our own act, but by the act of Jesus Christ on the cross. We are justified by faith in Jesus and nothing else. We are not made righteous or justified by our own good works. You're not, it doesn't happen through coming to church or even going to the right church or being the right kind of member in a church. None of that justifies a person and makes them right before God. It is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul took it so seriously back in chapter 1, we look at it, he says, look, if somebody comes preaching a gospel other than what we proclaimed, even if it's an angel from heaven, let him be accursed. You know what it means to be accursed? Is that there's no way you can get into heaven. That you are condemned to hell eternally. There's no stronger judgment than that. But Paul says, this is an important point. This is not just a matter of should a person be circumcised or not. This is a matter of what is the truth and the relevance of the gospel. I want you to notice as we read through chapter 1 how many times the gospel comes up. (laughs) Let's read through again. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are in with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of God and Father. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, you don't see the word gospel there, but you see the proclamation of the gospel there over and over. Now go on, verse 6. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one, to, to the one you received, let him be accursed. Paul makes a point that this gospel did not come to him. And his authority to preach the gospel, therefore, did not come to him. In other words, his, his seat, his role as an apostle wasn't given to him by man. 
Why is that important? As I said, these ones who troubled the believers were saying, Paul don't know what he's talking about. And besides that, he's got no authority. We got our authority from the real apostles, from Peter and James and John. We got it from them. Who is this Paul? Paul says, wait a minute, I'm not letting you get away with that. This ain't about me. It's about the gospel. And if you want to strip me of my authority so that you can distort the gospel and act as if you're carrying off as, as, as representatives of the true apostles, I'm coming to you as a true apostle equal with them telling you a lie. You're not right. And the distorted gospel that you proclaim is not the true gospel. And I don't care if you're an angel from heaven or have authority that you claim from heaven. If it's a different gospel than what's been proclaimed, you are to be accursed. Let's go back to verse 16. God, the one who called him, he says, was pleased to reveal the son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. I asked the question, would it have been wrong for him to consult with somebody? No, no, not at all. We, we often do that. In fact, if you look at, as, at his transformation, it was God that sent a man to him, Ananias, and, and helped him to see, uh, literally see. He was blind because of that experience on, on the road to Damascus. And Ananias had been brought by God to, to help him. Um, and and, and uh, he began to understand the gospel. But the point that Paul is making here is that he didn't get his authority to preach the gospel from the apostles. They approve of him. They were going along with him, but he didn't get his power and his authority from them. He got it from God. And like I said, these, these troublers were trying to say, Paul, you don't really have authority here, and we have authority from the true apostles, and so um, we, can, we can make this statement about the gospel. So he, he, he spends some time to do that. I just want you to, to understand why he's spending that time. It's not because of him. It's because of the importance of the gospel. Now let me make a practical application there. Paul thought it important to defend his apostleship because of the gospel to defend the title that he had, and in fact, to defend his very character because of the gospel. How important is it for you and I to live a right character before others, to live in that right character, to live in a godly way before others for the sake of the gospel? Let me give you a, a personal illustration. When I was saved as a boy, I believe I turned to Christ when I was seven years old. I believe God caused me to be born again at that time. I think I had the fruit to show that as well. 
But I had a challenge when I went to high school and ended high school and went to college. And that challenge was, I'm starting a new life in essence and, and I can identify myself as I want to now, disconnected from my family, my father who was a preacher, and I'm now on my own and nobody knows my brothers or my sister and, and my mom and my dad and I can represent myself as I please. And I'm free to do that now as I went to college for the first year and I thought about that. And so, you know, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm redo my image. See, all my life I was known as one of those Kenners. That's little Kenner. I was little Kenner in the sense that I followed the footsteps of my brothers in sports, in school activities, and in everything. I was little Kenner in the sense that I followed the footsteps of my dad. People said, well, you're going to be a preacher one day. I said, I'm not so sure. And I decided I, I didn't want to be no, no preacher. You know why? All my life, my father drove a station wagon. <laughs> we don't even have station wagons today. Well, actually, we do. They, people don't want to notice, but they're really those converted vans. But uh, all my life, he drove a, I wanted to drive a fancy car, a sedan, a sports car motorcycle. I wanted something that had a little bit more appeal to it. And I wanted a job that matched that. I wanted a house that matched that. I decided the best way to do that is through my education. I was going to be an engineer. I was going because I knew engineer graduates made more money than any other graduates in college. That's just a fact. That appealed to me. I'm like, hmm, that sounds good. I think I'd do that. And I thought I had the, the aptitude to do it, and indeed I did, and I had, and I did, and I got that engineering degree. But as I was on my way to do it, I was, I was, I was, I was renovating my whole outlook and how people would view me. And I decided I had to make a decision. Now, am I a church guy? Am I a Christian? Or am I something else? And I thought, I'm going to try a little bit. I'm going to try to be something else, just for a little bit. See how it fits. And I began to, 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 to try and walk in some of those steps of being something else. I thought it was cool. I thought it was fun. I thought it was exciting. I thought it had a bright future until I began to have conversations with some of my friends. And they, they disclosed to me how they were struggling spiritually. And I wanted to offer help, but I couldn't. Not that I couldn't, I wouldn't because I didn't have credibility. I couldn't say to them, look. You know, what the Bible says is true, and I'm a witness because... Oh, well, I guess not. And that convicted me to the point where God challenged me, and he says, if you know truth, and you know people who need the truth, and you don't live a life that's consistent with that truth, your character is blocking the truth of the gospel. And God's Holy Spirit said, you got to do something about that. Because I'm not going to have you blocking the truth of the gospel. Either you're going to get in line or you're going to get out the way. God decided for me that I was going to get in line. 
Because I tried hard to get in another line, but he wouldn't have it. And so it is with you. Your key character either aligns itself on a regular basis with the gospel so that the gospel has power in your life to impact somebody else or it's blocking the gospel. Which one is it? And what are you going to do about it? Paul thought it was important that he defend his apostleship for the sake of the gospel. It wasn't about him. He was already persecuted for the gospel's sake. He had been stoned. He had been beaten. He had been left for dead. He had people hunting him down, trying to kill him, and that wasn't going to change. But he needed to protect that, that apostleship so that he could fight the enemies of the gospel and the, he could fight what was coming, the, 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 uh, the lies against the gospel, and he could fight it with full authority that he had. You'll see later in Galatians where he challenges even Peter. And he says, look, man, I'm, I'm second to none. I, 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 I'm, not a, I'm not trying to puff out my chest, but look, I'm an apostle just like you. And when I see you distort the gospel, I'm going to call you out on it. Because it's not about me or you or which one of us is right. It's about the gospel and faithful adherence to it because it, the gospel alone, saves lives. But the one thing I want you to take from the message today is that the gospel is important. It is God's tool to change hearts and lives. And he puts that tool in your hands. How are you using it? You're responsible for that. Now that you have heard the gospel, you're responsible for living the gospel. And now that you have heard and have committed to living the gospel, you're responsible for continuing in the gospel. It's not an option. I thought I could decide for myself which road I was going to take, but God had already called me from my mother's womb. Like he called Paul, he had already chosen me. And he's chosen you if you are his. He's chosen you. And so there's not an option of whether you want to do it or not. The option is, are you going to please God or are you going to fight against his purpose for your life and struggle the rest of your life and pay consequences for that? In the true sense, you're either a slave to sin or you're a slave to Christ. And God makes no apologies for that. Like, oh, I'm sorry I had to bring you into this. You know, I know it's kind of cramping your style, and I know you, you, you suffering a bit. No. He says, I own you. You are my clay. I'm the potter, and this is my choice. And God is doing it so that he can call others into himself, and he's doing it for eternal purposes and blessings. And you and I can sometimes get so blind to think that being an engineer is going to be better than the eternal blessings that God has for me and others. Nothing wrong with being an engineer if God called you to be that. He called me to be that for a little bit. <laughs> and then he called me to something else. Verse 1. 
Paul an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. This is the work that God has done through his son, Jesus. God says, go and proclaim that work. Proclaim it with your lips in what you say. Proclaim it with your lives in how you live and continue proclaim it until he comes. Proclaim the gospel. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your call on our lives. We thank you for the fact that you're still calling people to yourself and you're using us to proclaim that call to them. Help us, Lord, to open our eyes and to, to see what you are doing and help us, Lord, to submit to your purpose and your will and to line up with what it is you would have us to do. Help us to stop playing as if we are God, but to act as if we are your servants and we do as you command, willingly. Move in our hearts today, Lord, of that one who recognizes that you're calling him right now. You want him to trust in Christ, in Christ alone for his eternal well-being, his salvation. He now belongs to you, and you want him to recognize that. I thank you for that, Lord. I pray that you continue to speak to hearts. I pray that you use the hearts of the believers here today to speak and to live your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.